When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne. Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Stop yourself without any words. I got so high, scratch it up, bled.
What if I just start singing along, you guys, to these songs? Would you Would you care? Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. That was a uh, that was a little pick me up on Wednesday. Are you guys? Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. We don't really do rock as much, and I really I want to make sure we don't forget about rock and roll. It is a very important part of musical history, and it's all hip hop with these kids these days, huh? It's all that hip hop and the pop and the hippity hop. Um, welcome you guys to your Wednesday episode. We have made it halfway through the week and what a week it has been. I was up to like three 30 in the morning last night on that, um, ep- Tuesday's episode with, uh, Jesse Montana and the real housewives of Potomac recap reminder. I'm going to be doing the rest of Potomac over on the Patreon. If you guys enjoyed the pa- the Potomac recap, but what a great show. Uh, once again, I highly recommend everybody get into that if you can. Now today, we have a great guest. I had so much fun, as I knew I would, talking to her. Her name is Sasha, and she is uh, she runs with her boyfriend this uh, this Instagram account, and, and it's called Reality, Reality Pollsters, and it's basically polling of reality shows. And we just had the best conversation, I thought. Really funny, kind of deep at times, but I dug it. I think you guys are going to love it. It is so fun to talk to other Bravo fans. It just is. Like, sometimes that's even better it's more preferable even at times than talking to actual Bravo labs or anything. Like I love the debate. I love these shows. I love, I mean, I don't know. I'm partly scared that I actually do a whole show about this, but to me it's endlessly fascinating. And everybody has a different take on it. There's rarely a time where I do not walk away uh, learning. And when I say walk away, I say like turn the chair of my desk into my bedroom. Uh, I, there's never a, a moment where I don't learn something from one of my guests. So I can't wait for you guys to hear that. Uh, let's catch up with a couple news things. This is going to be a real light podcast. Yesterday was like a two hour one. So we'll just probably do an hour, hour 20, just a quick hour 20 pod. You guys, are you doing good? How's everybody else? I have not gone outside today. <laughs> I'm trying to finish this up early because I was up so late last night and I was like, dude, you not want to get back into that all night thing, you know? Oh, by the way, my mom, my mom follows me on Instagram, but she doesn't post anything on Instagram. She just uses it to spy on me and my friends. She does that with all social media, but she said, it, it looks like everybody wants to go to your Buca de Beppo party. And then she said, she goes, some people said you looked cute. <laughs> Mind you, she didn't say I look cute. She just said, some people think you look cute. (laughs) Oh, man, I love my mom so much. By the way, it's my mom's birthday on uh, on uh, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, Should I go? Should I go surprise my my mi madre? I would love one day if I could just I'm going to edit together all of the times that I stop start. Like I said, mi madre. And then I went, and then you just hear me go, Ugh. and then I stop it and I have to delete that part. That is the glamorous world, folks, of podcasting. Um, <laughs> I'm in a goofy mood. I've had too much coffee today, which is what happens when you stay up till 3.30 the night before. 
Uh, oh, two things before I forget. I will be on Reality Checked with Amy Phillips today, Sirius XM, Radio Andy. Uh, it is 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, that's 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will be talking about t- Tuesday night's episode of Roni, Real Housewives of New York. Don't worry, folks. We will make it entertaining. I'm very excited to be back with Amy. She is the uh, unmitigated genius, so I'm very excited to be back. And also, just to remind you, you will be hearing, once again, a uh, an ad for Dame uh, Feminine Products uh, Sex Toys. And I, I do want to warn people that I say the word vulva three or four different times in the spot that is something they had written so i don't even um i'm still learning what a vulva is but i do believe in dame products and, and just listen to the ad you do get uh 15 off site-wide if you uh use my offer code and actually these are really good products from what i've heard from my lady friends you know so uh just prepare yourself for me to say vulva too many times okay um, let's see. Okay, so yesterday we left off, and I know this was a big big shock to a lot of people, that um, most men are dirtbags. We discovered this yesterday on the pod because Matul, who is Naomi's uh, uh, boyfriend from Southern Charm, cheated on her. And she had just moved to New York to move in with him. He's this doctor. He always presented as perfect. And I want to remind people, ladies and dudes that like dudes, when men present as perfect... Those are the ones to watch out for because nobody is perfect, you guys. We want to see the warts and all, right? I don't trust people that are perfect, and half of that is just me going, like, you look too perfect, and I'm jealous of you, and I want you then. I want to think badly of you. Yeah, I'll be honest. So um, so Naomi did this thing where she released this. She's kind of doing that thing that we all do with social media where she's act, not acting out, but she's letting us know her. she's in her feelings, on as you would be. Think about it. She planned her life with this dude, and then she found disgusting messages. There's a rumor that it potentially involved nudity and sexy time. And, like, could you imagine if you stumbled upon your boyfriend or your girlfriend's of, like, like sexting with an ex and like providing nude pictures like it would be so flipping like just horrible I mean I really do felt bad for Naomi and so she wrote this in her stories and she had all of her girlfriends on the bed surrounding her like they were all looking for looking at her and she wrote I am so thankful for all of the support you guys are giving me right now trust me I need it this is incredibly embarrassing and I feel so lost I just ask that you please stop sending saying hateful things to Matul I have self-respect and will not be getting back together with him but he is also in a terrible place dealing with the consequences of his actions. Please don't be mean. He is human, and this situation is punishment enough. Damn. Damn. What a self-actualized person. Now, being somebody that is not self-actualized and uh, potentially somebody that pops off, as Lala Kent would say, I am going to still say mean things about Matul until I can simmer down with this whole situation. But what, I mean, and just the writing there. Khloe Kardashian, if you're listening, take note. I want to repeat the line that really just sent shivers down my spine. Uh, she wrote, I have self-respect and will not be getting back together with him. 
I have self-respect and will not be getting back together with him. Say it with me, ladies and men. I have self-respect and will be not be getting back together with him. We need to put this on a bumper sticker, on a shirt, and we just need to remember this all day. You know what? I love that kind of attitude. I love that kind of attitude of like, no, I value myself too much to be dicked around by some tool. And I don't mean, I mean by some dork. I also read today that we're not supposed to say Matul like he's a tool, which I said, you know, like, but it's low hanging fruit, but I guess that's offensive. Um, but basically, I want to think, I, I want to, Matul, I guess I'll just go, my, my asshole. He's a my asshole. Um, but I loved also the, he is also in a terrible place dealing with the consequences of his actions. What a well written sentence. And I no way I'm joking. I'm just like, Man, to have the foresight that you are in pain, you are hurting, but also that he is hurting because of what he did, his own actions. And I think that is such a clear delineation. Uh, she knows exactly what she is saying, but I also appreciate that she identifies she is very hurt and it feels like a death, I'm sure. We've all been through breakups. We all know what that feels like. But um, I was just so impressed. And she, of course, later deleted it, which hopefully doesn't mean she's going back together with him. But this is what I want for our girl, Khloe Kardashian. That's why I go, I ride Khloe so hard because it's like, girl, please believe in yourself. Please, please, please. I will pay you to No, you're rich. I don't need to pay you. But please believe in yourself. The fact that if Tristan cheated on you once is one times too many and somebody said, well, they have kids together. Well, then she, he should apologize to his daughter eventually one day. And say, I didn't respect your mother and it ruined that relationship forever. I mean, this is the kind of ownership I'm talking about. And we actually talk about ownership in today's interview because, I, you know, I always say is that these Bravo Labs, it's like nobody and us to a degree as well. None of us can admit when we're wrong ever. Nobody. Nobody can. It. It's always like, well, there was this reason and there was this and that. And like, uh, you know, we all, of course, make mistakes. Some mistakes are forgivable, but some when it comes to actual interpersonal relationships, once you have made a commitment of a sort of an agreement, and especially if you're moving in, if you're on the path to getting married, which is what this seemed like they were, I mean, that's, that's a break. That's, that's breakable. You know, um, it is interesting though. Like, especially being somebody that has, you know, you know, divorce and stuff like that, you do wonder what constitutes, ah, you know what? I'm not going to get into that, but, um, I don't know. I just thought I was so impressed. And there are people that are just like, damn, you are on another level. And I think Naomi is one of those people for me. I'm like, damn, that's like, that's next level shit. Like that is making hard decisions for your future betterment. Because also, you know, a lot of people stay in relationships because they're scared. A lot of people stay in things that aren't good for them. And here is somebody going, this hurts, but I'm going to make the best decision to potentially set me up for winning in the future. But man, that's got to be, God, that's got to be, that's just got to be hard. Life throws us so many curveballs, and usually those curveballs are <laughs> other people that are in our lives, you know? It's sometimes not life itself, but it's like the people we meet in life. And uh, it just, oh man, that blows me away. So I'm curious what, you know, other people are like, will she go back on Southern Charm? You know, I don't think so. She seems... When you're that clear on who you are as a person, you kind of tend to grow out of reality shows. Of course, we would all welcome Naomi back with open arms. But like I said yesterday, don't encourage her to be with Craig. Craig's on his own journey. Uh, I, you know, we, we. I also think it is so weird of like, why would you encourage 
you know, there, there is nothing magical. I'm trying to think of couples that I thought like magical, like, oh my God, I really can't believe they broke up. And I, I'm having a hard time coming up with one right now. Maybe you guys have them. Um, let's see. Let's see what other uh, things are happening. Daily Mail is reporting that Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Parker spark wedding rumors after her hairstylist hints at a very romantic weekend in Sin City. I love Daily Mail. They will take just a little comment on an Instagram and blow it up to an article. Um, Glenn Coco for hair says, uh, under a picture of Travis and Courtney, says, Now I understand why people tie the knot in Vegas. There's nothing like love and a good time. Uh, it says the 42-year-old reality star go-to hairstylist Glenn Coco sparked gossip when he shared several snapshots of the couple's romantic trip to Sin City. So he's postulating potentially, or what Daily Mail wants us to think, is that they potentially got hitched. Which, by the way, would be the way this rock star couple likes to do it. Oh my god, I just sounded like... Remember those VH1 reality shows of like, it was like, they were on a yacht that cost $30,000 a day. But what else? They bought a flock of sheep. Not only, you know what I'm saying? I just found, oh man, that could be a second career for me. Um, so adding to the intrigue, Daily Mail reports, Courtney shared similar shots to her account over the weekend and wrote, what happens in Vegas, dot, dot, dot. But usually that means, like, they killed a hooker in the desert. It doesn't mean we got hitched. And uh, Travis Barker's daughter, Alabama, furthered the rumors when she posted a pic of the pair to her Instagram story and wrote, So happy for you guys. I mean, that could also just be happy for you guys to get away with a proper vacation. Should we start posting things on our Instagram that lead people to believe that they got married? Should I post a couple of, like... You guys, I was so happy to be a part of this weekend. What a special time. I will remember it forever. It's beautiful to see love, and I really enjoy the fake vampire teeth you bought each other. Did you guys see that? Those fake little vampire tips that Courtney's wearing on her teeth? Man, it is... I, I can't wait to be rich one day and do kind of like, well, fuck it. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to spend $10,000 on weird vampire teeth. Let's do it. Like, could you imagine? Like, I fret over, like, a $30 pants purchase at Old Navy. I'm like, should I? Do I deserve Do I deserve the, the, the khaki jeans? Do I? And by the way, I don't look good in khaki. If Old Navy is listening, please don't send me khaki samples. Uh, but I do welcome Old Navy clothes if anybody works for Old Navy. So here's the deal. I think they are definitely going to get married. Um, and somebody pointed out that I said a while back, that I didn't think they would get married. And obviously, I don't think you guys heard that right. I've always been right the whole way along. Um, Chloe Card <laughs> Daily Mail, it's a slow news day. Daily Mail is just literally doing articles. And by the way, this segment is called the Bailey Mail. Um, Daily Mail is just doing articles based off Instagram posts. So they're like, Chloe Kardashian shows off her sizzling figure in a neon bikini after exes Lamar Odom and Tristan Thompson fight over her. So there's nothing here. They didn't make any comments on her Instagram pic. It's just that Chloe posted another Instagram pic, and it's a slow news day. So you always got to be careful. Daily Mail tries to trick you. Oh, tomorrow, you guys, big, big, big fucking free Britney news. Britney Spears secures former federal prosecutor Matthew Rosengart as her new attorney in the conservatorship battle, and he will appear in court tomorrow, or which is today, Wednesday, to argue her case. Now, this is huge. There is a hearing today for this stuff, and we will f have further information, of course, so bad it's good. 
Uh, I think we have boots on the ground, but we will be giving you full reporting. Now, Rosengart is a high-profile attorney who has represented other celebrities, including Steven Spielberg, Ben Affleck, and Sean Penn, among others. So you know he's good. You're like, ooh, Rosengart. I loved his work in the Sean Penn stuff. Loved his work. Loved his work in the Sean Penn divorce. Nice. Um, We'll see what the next step is. Like, I'm almost scared to, like, discover what is next. Like, I, I got, I do get scared about that. Because you're like, how how deep does this go? How deep does the corruption go? Uh, remember, tonight is Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, a new episode. That is Kathy Hilton Wednesdays, folks. Ding, 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 ding. Before you watch tonight, if you want, just do a shot and then just sit back. Shot of any kind of liquid or liquor that you enjoy and just enjoy the Kathy Hilton on display tonight. Of course, we find out that Erica Jane finds out that Tom Girardi, um, you know, embezzled money from victims. Um, so it'll be interesting to see that in potential real time. We saw Erica Jane cry on uh, last the preview for this week. Um, Daily Mail has an article that says Tom Girardi conservatorship made official due to dementia diagnosis amid divorce from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Erica Jane and the embezzlement scandal. So Girardi's younger brother, Robert, filed legal paperwork this Monday. He has been appointed conservator of Girardi's person and estate at a June 9th court hearing. But I guess the paperwork was just filed this Monday. Well-known L.A. attorney Girardi, 82, and his reality star wife, 50, have been accused of misappropriating money. Uh, Erica Jane has denied that her divorce filings were a sham designed to hide assets. So, of course, we'll be finding out more and more, but we do know that she has been found liable and people can go after her money as well. So we will definitely see more about that. Um Let's see. Reese Witherspoon, Reese Witherspoon celebrates the 20-year anniversary of Legally Blonde with rare photos. Playing Elle Woods was the role of a lifetime, Reese lets us know from an Instagram post. Daily Mail, I'm on to you. You can't just use people's Instagram posts. I do need investigative reporting at some at some point in the road. We do need to make a decision. Legally Blonde, it never connected with me. Like It is one of those, not disconnects fully because I appreciate it and I think there's parts that are funny. But I love, I appreciated how much it means to my uh, female friends and my gay friends. It really does. Like, they can quote every line. And you gotta, like, I love fandom like that. The only thing I don't think you can be a fan of is Lisa Rinna or, uh, of course, Jax Taylor. You know, we all know that. But I do find it also interesting about pop culture, the history of pop culture, is that, man... We live in a time where I have just celebrated the 20-year... And by the way, how are you guys celebrating the 20-year anniversary of Legal Willy Bond? Maybe I'll make a nice meal and crack a bottle of Pinot Grigio. But um, it's it's shocking. Like, it does seem just like yesterday that that movie came out, you know? And are we going to celebrate the 20-year anniversary of Sweet Home Alabama? Do Are we supposed to celebrate the 20-year anniversary of all Reese Witherspoon movies? It is weird, though. It just does. It does feel like yesterday. Um, You guys, in big, big, big TV news, uh, the Emmys were, uh, the Emmy nominations were announced today. And that is always very exciting. You know, as an actor, I always dreamed of, uh, of being nominated for any sort of award. Maybe I'll get a podcasting awards some do they have podcasting awards how do you even get nominated for a podcasting award but the emmys this is the 2021 the list of nominees i was thinking about this today as i read this is that tv is so split now and that you used to have just the three major networks right 
It started off all with ABC, CBS, and NBC. Then Fox came into the game. And then you had WB, WWWB, which then later turned into the CW. Do you remember when they had UPN? That was another network that has gone by the wayside. But then with streaming service, it just has blown up. So Netflix, HBO Max, those all things are considered for the Emmys as well. Hulu has original programming. So it just, it comes, it goes everywhere. So these, uh, these award shows, it'll be slated for September 19th. The uh, show will air on CBS and on the Paramount Plus streaming service. Also, I want to remind people the Paramount Plus streaming service, they are streaming A Quiet Place Part 2. Uh, yeah, it is already streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm not joking. It just came out in theaters a month ago, but they did a deal with Paramount Plus that they could play it a month after its release. So if you haven't seen it, I haven't seen it yet, so I'm going to definitely check it out on Paramount Plus. So let's see here. Best comedy. This is interesting. Blackish, Cobra Kai, Emily in Paris, Hacks, The Flight Attendant, The Kaminsky Method, Pin 15, and Ted Lasso. Now, Emily in Paris, I don't think it was meant to be funny cobra kai there's funny parts of it but cobra kai guys cobra kai i got when i had covid i got really into cobra kai. i got into covid kai like i was i i streamed all four seasons on netflix or however many seasons and i just ate that shit up and it was weirdly dramatic i loved the karate kid as a kid i i mean it made me want to get into karate i remember i got into my only one of my only fights was standing up for my sister And I got into a fight at school, and I remember it in Kansas. It was snowing, and I came home, and I cried because I was a pussy. And my dad took me to see the Karate Kid, and I always thought that was really, really cool of him. And uh, it led me to do a bunch of really bad crane kicks into my 30s where I've, I think, pulled a hamstring many times. Uh, But it's weird what we consider a comedy these days. So i got to say, I just finished Hacks on HBO Max, loved it. Pin 15, of course, amazing. But also, Pin 15 works because there's such an emotional side to it. Those two ladies really nailed, uh, I would imagine, the female experience, but also just the experience of being in uh, junior high, high school age. It was very touching at times. Uh, Ted Lasso, of course, I fell in love with. What a charming show. I've said this before on this show. Give it two episodes. It's a slow burn, and at first I I wanted to hate it. I was like, this is too positive for me, but it really does work its charm. Uh, it's on Apple TV. The second season comes out, I believe, in two weeks. I'm very, very excited for it. Uh, best drama, we got The Boys on Amazon Prime, Bridgerton, The Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, Lovecraft Country from HBO, which just got canceled. They will not be having a second season. The Mandalorian, Pose, and This Is Us. So there's a lot of good stuff there. I really fell in love with The Boys on Amazon Prime. What a dark, dark comedy. I wouldn't I mean, it is dramatic, but to me, it's like just dark humor. Really darkly funny. And based on a comic book produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Uh, the Mandalorian also for sci-fi fans. These are all shows, ladies, um, that you can watch with your, your boyfriends or husbands, you know? Like, I think they, they kind of have crossover appeal. And especially if they watch Bravo with you, give them one for them. Say, do you got one of the boys or the Mandalorian? Um, Best limited series, I May Destroy You on HBO. Mayor of Easttown. All right. The Queen's Gambit, The Underground Railroad, and WandaVision. Um, I was surprised to not see uh, The Undoing on here with Hugh Grant. I thought he, uh, you know, but I May Destroy You, you guys. 
Now, Michaela Cole is the actress and creator of that show. It was so intense. I've only gotten through four episodes because it was so rich and painful to watch. I don't mean painful like this is bad. It was just so good and sad and intense that I could not. It's like I'll I'll do an episode every couple of weeks. It's very, for me personally, I was just like, I don't know if I'm at a place in my life where I can throw that kind of intensity in there sometimes. I don't know if you ever feel that with TV. Uh, Best Actress, A.D. Bryant for Shrill, Kaylee Cuoco for The Flight Attendant, Allison Janney, Mom, Tracy Ellis Ross, Blackish, and Gene Smart Hacks. Gene Smart is just doing such amazing performances over her whole career, but really appreciation is built for her in the uh, the last couple of years especially. Best Actor Comedy, Anthony Anderson, Blackish, Michael Douglas, The Kaminsky Method, William H. Macy, Shameless, Jason Sudeikis, Ted Lasso, and Kenan Thompson, Kenan. Um, Jason Sudeikis actually did an interview today um, uh, for, I believe, GQ, uh, but it was an interview and he finally talked about his split um, with Olivia Wilde, who is now, of course, with Harry Styles of One Direction fame. And uh, he said, uh, I thought this was such an interesting quote because at the Emmys, he he wore this, um, no, I'm sorry, the Golden Globes, he wore this hoodie and people thought he was high or in the aftermath of being extremely heartbroken. And his quote was, I was neither high nor heartbroken. And I just thought that was kind of weirdly poetic. And uh, let's see, I want to read you this other quote. I thought this was kind of weirdly beautiful in terms of breakups. So this is in regards to his relationship uh, from the GQ interview and the, the breakup. He said, I'll have a better understanding of why it happened in a year and in even better understanding one in two years and an even greater one in five. And it'll go from being, you know, a book of my life to becoming a chapter to a paragraph to a line to a word to a doodle and I was blown away by that and man does that express heartache so well Uh, he also went on to say um, you know since the breakup he's been trying to figure out how to move forward in a positive way he says that's an experience that you either learn from or make excuses about he told GQ you take some responsibility for it hold yourself accountable for what you do but then also endeavor to learn something beyond the obvious from it. Um, I think if you have the opportunity to hit a rock bottom, however you define it, you can become 412 bones or you can land like an Avenger. I personally have chosen to land like an Avenger. It doesn't mean when you blast back up, you're not going to run into a bunch of shit and have to, you know, fight things to get back to the heights that you were at. But I'd take that over 412 bones any time. However, there is a power in falling apart, as long as you can get back up. Because we all know that a bone, up to a certain age when it heals, heals stronger. So I mean, it's not to knock anybody that doesn't land like an Avenger, because there's strength in that too. And I thought that was so beautiful. I thought that was so great, you know. And that is so weird, too, about breakups, don't you think, is that it, it hurts so much. It hurts so much. And especially that first heartache. I've talked about this early on in the pod. You know, I remember my first breakup. I had a high school sweetheart that I um, went to college with as well and then moved out to L.A. with. And that was my first heart heartbreak. 
and I'd never experienced anything like it. Oh, God, it killed. It hurt so bad. I thought I was dying. I thought I was dying. And I remember my friend Dusty said, uh, you'll only hurt like this once. Because what I imagine is that your heart hor- awfully gets used to it, you know? Your heart gets used to it, which is so sad to say, but it does. Because when you first feel that pain, it's so foreign to you. You never felt like anything like it. But then when you feel that later, you know, you're like, oh, shit, I remember this pain. And you, your body knows how to deal with it a little bit better. It's never great, believe me. And man, that divorce, the divorce, it hurt so much, you know. I mean, for both of us. But time does heal things. And that's the other scary thing, too. Because sometimes when you're in the myth, midst of all that pain, you can't imagine your life without that pain. And so when you do start to heal, you're like, oh my God, I always thought I would feel this pain. I always thought it would always stay with me. So there is almost a sadness sometimes in healing because you're, you're, you're wrong even about the pain because you could have sworn to everybody that your life never would be the same. And of course, any relationship you can argue leaves an indelible mark on who we are and you carry that with you for the rest of your life. But um, I don't know. I just thought that was so interesting. I related to that so much and... Uh, I thought that was weirdly poetic of Jason Sudeikis. So uh, hats off, Jason, on that very, very beautiful quote from uh, GQ. Um, so anyways, the Emmys are always exciting. Um, I do, I am curious, though, just our viewing habits. Like half of the things that I just said in terms of shows, you, you know, when you had just three or four networks, everybody saw everything. But now if I say I may destroy you, or the Underground Railroad, or people, do people even know what I'm talking about? Also, Saturday Night Live gets an insane amount of nominations for, like, supporting actor and stuff like that, supporting actress, and um, another great thing was uh, the first time, Bowen Yang, first nomination for uh, a Best Comedy Actor, and first time as a limited uh, player, because he's not a full-time cast member at SNL. I know everybody. He will be this next season, but he wasn't at the time, so this was a huge nomination for him. But SNL is unfair because you're basing all of these actors. They get to play so many different parts each week, and you're up against actors that only play one part for over the course of a show. So I think it's sometimes unfair that SNL gets so many nominations, and... Also, I think SNL, for me personally, is so hit or miss. I still watch it every week. It's just one of those things that is so built into who I am because, like, I used to watch it with my dad. And my dad, uh, he's not passed away. It's just that I watched it with him as a kid, and I just thought it was really cool. And uh, so I still watch it every week. I mean, I have to fast forward through a lot. It just doesn't hit the same way it does. Maybe it's not supposed to as we get older, but who knows? (laughs) Uh, let's see you guys. Let's get out. Let's get into the guest. We had, uh, we had a good talk, didn't we? I'm going to set you on, on your Wednesday. We're going to have this great interview right now. The Instagram account I want you guys to follow today is reality pollsters. That's P O L L S T R S. Now, uh, it's two people that run it. It's actually a boyfriend and a girlfriend. We're just speaking with the girlfriend today, and uh, her name is Sasha Gilthorpe, and she was amazing. This is just one of the best conversations I've had. You can tell there's two Bravo lovers talking here, and I love that she and he have the science and the data to to back up some of our uh, our uh, our favorite opinions about Bravo and and what we see, what what, what is happening out there. So. 
Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sasha Gilthorpe to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. And you guys, I will talk to you on Thursday. Have a great rest of your day. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Wednesday episode of So Bad It's Good. Uh, we are halfway through the week. We are so close to that sweet, sweet weekend. And I don't want to get, I don't want to, I know you guys know this is kind of a show for brainiacs because of course you're the most brilliant audience ever, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go deep on you guys today. I don't know if you remember a thing called math. I used to do math in um, high school and I, I believe uh, in elementary school, but today there is an account that I, I have been fascinated with because I've always said that reality show audiences are the smartest audiences out there. And I think we get such a hard rat. Like, I think people think these shows are silly. And I think this account today is going to show that there are real, there's real people behind this doing real work and it involves polling and guys do not worry. This is not political polling. We've done the election already. That is good. We are doing polling on our favorite things. And that is these reality shows and more specifically Bravo. Now there is a account that focuses just on this. And I got an, I got an email email where somebody told me to fill out this questionnaire about summer house a couple months ago and I did it and I was so excited because I was like look at me what I did with my day I filled out a whole poll about something I loved and then the account it showed uh it showed these things like right there it showed what sh the data <laughs> we're gonna by the way I'm trying to explain in a poll and this is just so ridiculous we're just gonna have the person behind the count tell us what a poll is uh you guys are going to know her as uh sasha gilthorpe or that's who we're meeting today she runs the account reality pollsters on instagram with her dude who is not here today but uh sasha welcome to the show hi ryan thanks so much for having me thank you did you get that i brain farted on what a poll what like right right off the bat i was like i don't know what a poll is halfway through the introduction I mean, I feel like everybody is a little bit confused about polling in general because half the time it's an Instagram sticker, half the time a poll is something that they say on Fox News that Donald Trump is polling at 95%, whatever, <laughs> which you said we weren't going to talk about, so we won't go there. But I think that everybody is just, you know, ready to be enlightened about the power that uh, filling out random surveys can give us and uh, in understanding our favorite stuff. Yeah, no, and I think it actually does. It gives kind of like a science behind these shows that we like, and it actually gives us a tactile response to the things that we kind of like sense in our heads. It's really good and comforting to see people are thinking, you know, either the same way you are, or you realize how far you are uh, away from the mark in terms of your personal preferences with these shows. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like every time I get the data back, I feel really challenged by my fellow Bravo watchers because <laughs> obviously I, I mean, I don't think you can watch these shows and not have a strong opinion. I feel like that is yeah. just a part of the experience is being like pulled along by the producers. And sometimes I, I end the episode, I'm like, oh, I'm totally right. Everybody will agree with me on this one. I have this totally covered. And then I, take a look at what everybody else is feeling. And sometimes I'm really, really off base. And I just think it speaks to just like the diversity of experience that people have while watching these shows and everything that everyone's really bringing to the table because everyone, they have their own opinions when they're watching this. 
Now, I need to know how you guys got your start with this, but I would assume that the only thing that I always say, the only thing we can all agree on as a Bravo family is that Jax Taylor is a horrible person. Like if you did that poll, I think it would be 100% in agreement about the Jax thing. It would be 100%. And if it wasn't, I might say I would bust my credibility and lie. I would just, I, I would oh my not God, Sasha, be willing. Wait, Sasha, Sasha, are you already losing credibility five minutes into the Yeah, I'm exactly. I will exactly. change I would really, the results. <laughs> I would really love to just absolutely turn off your audience today. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I don't think that anybody would say that they like Jax. No, Maybe no, I don't get think confused so by the wording of the question and just say that they like, like him on television, but. But now the, the year we just went through, now I'm kind of like, man, it, wouldn't it be funny if we request like a recount or like we need a hard ballot recount on the summer house uh, poll that I just don't um, buy these some numbers. People have been commenting that they would like a recount. So that <laughs> is, um, I need to know what that, uh, that was about, but first I need to know what is your relationship with Bravo or reality shows in general? How long have you been watching? What, what what do you like about reality shows? So I've been watching, I guess I've been watching reality shows since I was a high schooler watching America's Next Top Model. Maybe I was in middle school at that point. Yeah. And the one I really remember getting into was Jersey Shore because I was not allowed to watch Jersey Shore. <laughs> I did grow up in New Jersey and it was critical that as a New Jersey person that you watch the show. I could not have a social life if I was not watching it. So the I- The boardwalk was right there. I mean, exactly. did you ever fall in love at the Jersey Shore? Uh, I did not. But <laughs> um, so that is my first real memory of- reality TV. I started watching Bravo in college when I was house sitting for a wealthy family that a friend was like, oh, these people need you to house sit. And all you do is you sit on their couch and watch cable and eat their food. And I was like, fantastic. And <laughs> the episode that I watched first, because I hadn't watched cable in so long, I was living in a dorm, was Real Housewives of Orange County. And I remember Heather Dubrow just absolutely ripping into everyone and I was like this is incredible television <laughs> who is this Ripping has nothing on this this is exactly what I need to watch and I've been hooked ever since well I mean everybody complains in movies and tv a lot of the times is that we don't have enough strong female characters and I think you know I think that is definitely being course corrected but I also think leading the charge are places like Bravo where it's like you every show has a handful uh, at least of strong female characters Absolutely. And so many different types of women, which I think is so exciting. I think so often the scripted stuff is really focused on stereotypes is probably a strong word, but just these carbon copies. Yeah, of you each can put other. them into a box. Yeah. I'd say, yeah. yeah. And I think it's so exciting to see so many different types of women. I remember I started watching uh, Married to Medicine from the beginning last summer I had nothing yeah. to do last I summer. Just I just recently started my married to medicine journey as yeah. well. And I remember watching in one of the reunions, Andy asked uh, Dr. Jackie, like, why are you on this show? You don't seem to really like it that much. <laughs> and she said, it's so important to me that people who watch this show see many types of Black women. And I thought, what an amazing platform this is. I had known it was an important platform, but hearing somebody articulate it like that, that she yes. was giving people that opportunity to see many different types of people in many different environments. And that's just, to me, it really just makes me excited. 
I think it resonates. I come from an acting background and I, I've said this on the podcast before, but I was taught, you know, representation is such a huge part of, you know, being able to see yourself on the TV, you know, is so huge. And somebody like me, a white dude, I've seen myself represented my entire life. In fact, I didn't even know. I mean, I'll think, uh, you know, unfortunately, I'm ignorant here. I didn't even know there was an issue with representation because I saw myself all the time. I wasn't thinking outside of my little bubble, but it is great where you get a show like Bravo, any of these shows on Bravo, where you are able to step into the skin, if not if for just a tiny hour and, and maybe in these ridiculous circumstances, but you do actually get representation on Bravo way more than any other networks. I mean, I think people are starting to come around but I feel Bravo has been leading that way for a long time now. Yeah, I think Bravo really is in such an interesting position because on the one hand, they do a really remarkable job of sort of diving into these unique communities. Like I think of Family Karma and I know that Family Karma means a lot to a lot of people. One of my best friends is a first generation Indian American person. And then we watch together texting from different places in the city we watched together family karma a show about first generation indian americans navigating their lives here and i think that's so powerful and so exciting and so you see that that really in-depth like community care in a way like that you know so much you learn so much watching these shows about and you also see the commonalities you also see oh my god this isn't this isn't so far removed from my experience like that is the important thing too as much as we are getting a peek into a different culture we are also seeing like oh my god we're all still human we all i mean watching him come out to his grandmother you know what a you know i did not expect to cry watching uh, family karma <laughs> i don't think anybody did and it was what I love and what I love, I, I hope, I, mean, I think all the fans encourage Bravo to do this, but you sense a real moment a mile away. You know, it's like you get goose pimples, your hair, you're just like, oh my God, this is so real. This is so there. You see this man going through something and you see a grandmother, you know, I mean, it was just beautiful. And it makes you proud to, uh, to watch a network like Bravo, you know? Yeah, it was really exciting. And yeah, I absolutely loved it. And I do see, you know, Bravo trying to make changes on the existing shows. I think, you know, New York yeah. and uh, <laughs> well, we're definitely going to get and, and Beverly Hills and Summer House also to an extent. Like those are all shows that are grappling with like how do we how do we make this reflect people's real lives? And well, but also reflect but also not feel forced, you know, like, you know, I feel like New York, maybe there, there's like speed bump elements to it where, you know, they're seeing what will stick. And I think it does feel at least with New York because of the so few cast members, which I know has been said nonstop, but it, it does feel a little heavy handed in its approach um, because they're, they're trying something new and, and it is going to feel awkward at times to get to where we need to get. It might feel awkward, but then on the other hand, you have Beverly Hills and they're having you know, some uncomfortable conversations, but then they're encompassing it with Kathy Hilton. They're making it more digestible and palatable with all of this craziness or with the Erica Jane criminal stuff. And New York doesn't have that. So we're just having these uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, I think one of the one of the real challenges that I see with New York, and I frankly, I experienced this while writing the poll questions, is that the other people on New York right now just aren't that interesting. <laughs> I really like them. I mean, I've watched them for so long. I feel like they're part of my family. Yeah. Um, but 
at the same time, they aren't delivering from a plot perspective. And in many ways, like Ebony is giving us her entire self and is so front and center. And I, maybe this is naive of me to assume that there isn't stuff on the cutting room floor, but I watch New York and I'm like, I don't know where else they would pull from here. There's just not that much else happening where when you look at Beverly Hills, every single person on that show really is delivering in some capacity. Obviously, some a little bit more than others. I would say that Kathy is delivering everything <laughs> well, we want. Well, Kathy is delivering with very little. Like, you know, it's like it just yeah. it's so nice to see somebody given just kind of these small opportunities and making so much of it, even though she's not even trying, which I think is hysterical. Oh so natural but, for her. <laughs> well, now we, you know, we we get the uh, discourse about, oh, Dorit's not doing enough. She's, she's almost relegated to a friend of. And I'm like, guys, calm down. It's just that we're in a season where everybody is delivering so much that it's okay. I think Dorit has cemented herself enough where it's cool if she's just focused on her her wedding dresses and Buca de Beppo. Like, it's fine. Like, we're for, it doesn't mean, like, if we're asking them to be real, sometimes I don't have shit going on for a decade, you know? Like, how would I, pro- how would I provide for a show like this? But it, it just means that the show is doing so well that we don't need her contribution right now, you know? Absolutely. I think it's a real sign that it is an ensemble cast, which is always the goal, but we just don't always get there. And I think that the fact that people are saying that Dorit isn't delivering, if she was over delivering, then everyone would say that she was faking it and she was trying to self-produce for a storyline. And so I'm a fan of Dorit, very much focused on her restaurant endeavors and, you know, wish her fun. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm, I'm enjoying Beverly Hills so much that I'm not even looking for things to pick apart, you know, like when you, when you just enjoy the experience so much that you're like, I don't need to worry about this show. I'm worried about New York. I'm worried about like, and, and also that's it. Like New York isn't going anywhere. I don't care about all these casting rumors, but um, before we get further into all of these in the polls itself, why do uh, this poll account, how did it get started? And, and you do this with your boyfriend, right? Yes, I do. How the heck? I mean, like I, when I was with a married relationship, we just watched TV. Like you guys are actually doing things in your relationship. It makes us all look bad. Yes. That was actually the goal is just to make everyone else's relationships. I knew it. (laughs) Um, So uh, how it really started is that we moved into it together during the pandemic. And he was definitely aware that I watched Bravo. That wasn't like news to our relationship, (laughs) but I think a combination of me potentially concealing a little bit of it and also it was a pandemic I had nowhere else to go was absolutely blown away by the vast quantity of reality TV that I was watching. Is it like like maybe like living with an alcoholic kind of at the vibe or um, is it like last June potentially? It was a little intense. I was really bored. Um, <laughs> I need you to put down the summer house, just step away from the TV. And so um you know, I remember he like walked into the living room and Kyle Richards is on the screen. I'm rewatching season one of Beverly Hills. And he goes, how do you win this show? And I really laughed. I was like, wow, he's so funny. Can't believe I decided to move in with this man. Um, And then he was like, wait, that wasn't supposed to be funny. How do you win? And I realized that the only other reality TV he had ever intentionally watched in his life was American Idol. Oh, American Idol. Okay. His family. Yeah. Um, And so I was like, you don't win. It's just a show about people's lives. And he was like, but you can win anything. So how do you win this? And we get into a lot of discussions about that. And then um, I say, 
right before Summer House starts, I was like, you know, I know that you are a little bit averse to this type of television, but if you give this two episodes, I think you will really like it. I think that this has everything you want and more. And if you hate it, I'll let it go. And Summer House is the perfect, Summer House really is the perfect show to break uh, straight dudes in on. Absolutely. It really is. It's a great, like my my best friend Nick and his wife Heather, Heather got him into Summer House and now he's like addicted to Summer House. And now that got him to test the waters with Below Deck. Below Deck is another one yeah. that uh, you can get your guys into, you know? It is. And so I, we start watching that and he says, well, how do we win this one? And I was like, again, there's no winning. This is just this is for fun. And he was very adamant about it. And we would have all these discussions about who's right. Is it Hannah or is it Luke? Is it Amanda or is it Hannah? Is it Luke and Sierra? Was that a cool thing or an uncool thing to do? And we thought, well, why don't we just ask our friends? And so we set up this poll and we think maybe like I know 30 people who watch Bravo. Yeah. Like, like I'll, I'll get 30 people to fill this out and we'll have a fun combo about it. And then I thought, you know, what if I posted it on TikTok? That would be so crazy <laughs> of me. I could totally do that. And, you know, everyone would think that yeah. was funny. And then 5,000 people filled out the poll. Oh, my God. Um, which sounds like a big number here. And also the important sort of like qualifier of like why we were able to create this and why this was just a big number to us is we both work in politics. Again, something that you said that we weren't going to talk about. Um, no, I, I think I can let people know that you're actually Kamala Harris, correct? Like, yes, exactly. okay, that's, that's yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, so we both work in politics and his background includes creating technology to run political polling. And so like, I know firsthand that there are polls published that we all look at and we say, oh, so-and-so is gonna win, so-and-so is gonna lose. Sometimes less than a thousand people are even contacted yeah. for those polls. And so to have an end size of 5,000, we both looked at each other and we were like, we've really tapped into something here. <laughs> we don't know what it is. We thought that this was honestly a niche Bravo show. I was like, oh, you know, I'm not taking you to Real Housewives of Atlanta. We're going to Summer House. Very different. It's a much smaller community. And we really tapped into something. And then we just kept going. Um, well, what do you think it is? I mean, because when I, you know, heard, you know, we got just so sick of political polling by the end of everything. And, and also, we also started to not trust polling. We also mm -hmm. said, you know, I didn't understand. Well, you know, I, I mean, people could just be lying to pollers, people could be, but is it because you get a show like Bravo or Summer House, especially this past season, when the debate was so intense between Hannah and Luke? I mean, I rushed to fill that poll out because I needed somewhere to vent and I have a podcast and I needed somewhere to vent my thoughts on this is that why I th so yes I think that summer house was a really unique opportunity we were all locked inside just like they were all locked inside <laughs> and there was so much happening in that show and everybody had their own very niche perspective and there was so much amongst the a relatively large cast I would say everybody had their own individual beef with one another which makes it so interesting. It's not similar to sort of the alliance structure that you get out of Real Housewives. And so people brought in a lot of opinions and they were really excited about it. When it comes to why this is like different from political polling, I think one, the topic is more interesting. I can say that this is yeah. called my job, yes, but you know, I do talk about this in all of my free time. So I feel like yeah. I can say that. And also 
I think that the way that like political polling works is just so different. It's very rare that true political polling happens online and it happens in very niche parts of the experts that do that type of work. And so, you know, it's very different than getting a landline call from a number you don't recognize and somebody saying, hey, do you have 30 minutes to talk to me about something that you've been watching on the news and is stressing you out? Meanwhile, we're saying, hey, if you click on this link in my bio, um, you can fill something out and maybe you'll laugh because we try to write some funny questions and then you will immediately, not immediately, a week, two weeks, three weeks later, start to see graphics that show that you're part of this community and that we're almost like paying people back in giving them the graphics later. And so it creates this relationship where people are offering their opinions and then we're offering back to them insight and information that they can then bring to their group chat and say, we were all arguing about whether or not- 57% of people agree with me that Ramona can't hold her bowels in public. Yeah, Exactly. And I think that makes it so much more fun because I I was having a conversation yesterday about uh, Beverly Hills, about the word violated. And I was like, am I the only one that disagrees with you guys? And everyone was like, yes, 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 yes. (laughs) And that's exciting. Well, I do. I find it exciting too. And just the sense of like, Look at Bravo having its own polling. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. 
Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, folks, you did not start the show over. This is what I was talking about earlier. Today's show sponsor is Dame. So we've talked about on the show before, we should seek out what's right for us and not compromise on what's most important. Our relationships should add value to our lives and especially in the bedroom. So why don't we think the same way about our sex toys? Dame Products, you guys, is a woman-owned sex toy company making the next generation of vulva-tested, vulva-approved vibrators. It's founded by a sex educator and an engineering whiz. Dame develops toys with the help of real humans and couples just like you. They are closing the pleasure gap and helping the world one vulva at a time. (laughs) Their vibrators and accessories are made with medical-grade silicone, smart design principles, and lots of love, earning glowing press from the New York Times, W Magazine, and many more. So whether you're a couple looking for an extra boost where it matters or on a journey of self-exploration, we here at So Bad It's Good are sure they will earn a spot on your nightstand. So I recommend you guys the Ava. It's a couple's vibrator giving you clitoral stimulation during penetrative sex. Its flexible wings tuck under your labia for a snug fit. And the best part, Dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. Now, you guys, this is the important thing. Go to dameproducts.com forward slash so bad today for 15% off site-wide. Again, okay? Do this for the show and for your own pleasure. Go to dameproducts.com forward slash so bad today for 15% off site-wide. You'll get that unlocked. You can buy anything on the site. Tell them Ryan sent you. (laughs) They actually did send me products, so... I, um, I'm, I, <laughs> so I'm, I, I'm giggling and I'm blushing and I never thought I would have the pleasure to talk about this, but I, I'm, I'm serious. I have a lot of female friends. They swear by this stuff. I know that that might sound silly to people, but this is actually beneficial and, uh, I recommend it. So go there, do the show a favor and, uh, you will enjoy very much your Dame products, and I can't believe I had to say Volva that many times. Okay, back to the show. Like, there's an excitement of it. Of like, you know, it's like when um, you know Bravo has like Bravo Con. I'm like, look, convention yeah. just for the shows I like. Like that, there is something because you want it to be, you you know, like the 90 day universe. You want it to be the Bravo cinematic universe and have mm-hmm. it all under like, you know, we deserve the best. We deserve just a Bravo store in the mall, just full of knickknacks and Craig's pillows and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, a place to buy toasters. I mean, by the way, Sonia doesn't need to sell the toaster. She just needs to sell the box. We just need the box. Nobody needs to use the toaster. But if you could display a Sonia Morgan toaster oven box, that's high art. Like we don't need. We, I don't need a toaster, but I do need that box. Like it the box like is all you statue. need. Like you would get yes. one of those little plinths that people put busts on, and instead yes. you would put your Sonia Morgan box. Yes. On. That would be incredible. I- I don't need, I don't rarely use a toaster, but that box I would proudly display because I'm a weirdo. And um, so in polling, so let's get to some numbers. Do you have any numbers in front of you? Like I have your, 
your account right here, but in terms of like Summer House, because I remember really passionately filling that out because I was so passionate about the debate of, of, of Luke and, um, you know, the, the person that shall not be, no, Hannah, Hannah, Hannah and Luke. I thought I was being gaslit at a certain point because I was like, I think Luke is a fuckboy, but I don't think Luke is in the wrong here. And I think I'm losing my mind. What kind of questions did you ask and what kind of feedback did you get? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the first um, one of the first graphics that we put out uh, focused on the question, we know that there's maybe a lot of nuance here, but when push comes to shove, whose side do you take on this? And this was part of the first yeah. poll that we did. And 53% of people at that time were on Luke's side. And it just got worse for Hannah, I would say. But so this was we, at what point in the season that there was 53-47? Um, that's really close still yeah it was that's such a good question let me double check it was april 8th was this because you said it got worse from that point on so i'm wondering if this is early on it was it was definitely on the earlier side i'm pulling up my uh i'm just gonna do sound beep, boop, bop, beep, boop, boop, boop. that's the reality pollsters yeah, exactly computer. exactly um okay we did that 13 weeks ago it says on instagram so it was about april no okay it was close to that yeah we started doing the polling sort of like mid-season um where the tide really started to turn but the really interesting thing is that even though 53 percent of people were like yeah i'm on luke's side 78 percent of people said that luke had led her on in some capacity And so I think that people just really, like you said, like, I think Bravo fans are really smart and really interesting. And I think that we can really see that in this data. Like people are able to say, like, I do think that he's more in the right, but on the other hand, yeah, he led her on. And yeah, Hannah was pretty unfair about her response about that. And so I think that but I like this. It says you also in one of the slides says, but watch out. Most fans don't like Hannah or Luke and yeah. you had favorability of uh, Luke. And it was like, it, it, it went all like what? 54% unfavorable. Yeah. I mean, which is kind of reassuring, reassuring, reassuring as well that people uh, like them, uh, dislike them potentially equal, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think it gives people, in a sense, a lot of comfort. Cause like you said, you know, sometimes you watch these shows and you're like, am I being gaslit? Like, is this crazy or what's going on? And I think that seeing other people respond this way and not just texting your one friend who watches Bravo. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you. I, you know, there was only so many people I had to talk to about this stuff. And, and you so- can lead people on too. Cause I, I always go, I like all of the Potomac ladies equally, even though Giselle and Candace are horrible people. I like them all equally. Giselle and Candace, Candace shouldn't even be on the show, but I like them all equally. So if I lead people with that kind of line, I can kind of get them over to my side eventually. Yeah. And I think that it just creates a lot of interesting conversations. Like one, one core difference that I really see when I do this type of polling versus during my day job in politics is that you know, here in Bravo land, there's really only pundits so far. Like the people who commentate are really the entire game. There's no sort of source of truth in many ways because it's not like there's a specific Bravo publication that's giving you the 
information we really need, right? Like we're pulling in stuff from Dumois, we're pulling in the comments by celebs folks. Like we're all trying to piece this together and everybody's sort of like a super spy trying to figure yeah. out what's going on. Meanwhile, if you look at like a, a much more newsy situation, you have straight news commentators, you have the people who just do analysis and they just give you their opinion. You have pollsters, you have so many parts of that ecosystem and the Bravo ecosystem was a little bit limited because it's mostly people giving their reactions to a show that we know is curated. Like in our brains, we are like, yes, this is partially edited. And so it gives us a lot of opportunity to just sort of fill in these gaps and for everybody to participate in the conversation in a new way. Now, I mean, do you think we'll ever get to a point where there's a, a BNN, a Bravo News Network, and then a Fox equivalent of the Bravo News Network, and you'll have it on both sides? Yeah, well, I, mean, I would love to hear who you think would be on the Fox equivalent of Bravo News Network. I don't, um, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe Ramona, like, I mean, Ramona would always be the, like, Ramona ha would have her own show, and it'd be like, uh, what uh, whatever Tucker Carlson's is, you know, it's like, yeah. or you'd just be like Judge Janine, it'd be like, Judge Ramona. <laughs> And then she just, judging people for not supporting other women. Um, um, well, I mean, but I, and I, just to, before we can get back to uh, joking around, the thing is, uh, you know, because of the pressure cooker situation we've been in, in terms of the world, and, and I don't mean to say just this year, of course, all our whole lives and people have dealt with so many uh, horrible things, but we're seeing a lot of this play out on our shows. And that is such a huge argument that is happening right now. Absolutely. And, you know, Roni is taking the brunt of this, I feel, because, you know, we've had three or four weeks of Ebony really uh, letting us know who she is and where she comes from and her life's work, you guys. She says this is her life's work. And, you can, you know, you can't compete with Ramona who has no life's work, you know? So it, it, it's these things. So uh, Ebony's kind of unfairly getting judged, I believe, at times, even though I think the casting is off. But some of these polls that you do, does it show how divided we are still? Or does it show we are more common than we would think? That's such a great question. Thank I you think so much. Thank need, you. I think we'll need to do a little bit more polling to like really pick that apart. But one thing that actually has not been posted on the Instagram yet, and I'm sitting on it right Exclusive. now. Exclusive. Exclusive. Um, because I just am not satisfied with the way the charts look at this point, honestly, is that people feel really disappointed in a lot of ways with how Bravo has responded hmm. to these racial bias incidents on both shows. We asked a question about the different sort of dimensions that people expect Bravo to participate in when something like this happens. So we asked whether they expect, uh, like, should Bravo educate the audience about why these comments are wrong? Should the How should the cast members be held accountable? Should it be during the show or off the show? Should we explicitly be taking a stand against racism? And overall, on both shows, the expectations just really weren't met. And you'll see when I do post it that, for example, um, on Beverly Hills, 64% of fans expected that Bravo would hold cast members accountable outside of the show. And far fewer than half of that do people believe that that was actually happening at all. Yeah. So it, it seems that people feel really disappointed and that although 
in the open ends, people are really frustrated, both that the questions are about racial bias in many ways, but also that the shows are centering that. But at the same time, people do have an expectation that Bravo will intervene in some capacity. And it's pretty clear to me at this stage that people don't feel that Bravo has done that adequately. Interesting. So I do, I do see the potential that people will that we'll be able to see that people really are coming together on this in a in a real way i also see that as we continue to look at ebony's storyline throughout this show we are really getting to know her very personally and i think when she said in the most recent episode to me obviously there will be a new episode tonight um when she said, you know, we can get to the Kiki later, but I need to know like where you are on this. I know that there are a lot of people who took issue with her phrasing, but I do think that that in many ways reflects- Because they hate the word Kiki? I think, <laughs> yeah, they hate the word white supremacy. Um, but I, I think that that really actually reflects the way Bravo fans feel because they don't really want to talk about this anymore, but they want Bravo to do something about it and they don't see that happening. And it drags it out throughout the show. And they feel genuine frustration about it. So I'm really- It is interesting. It makes you really um, step back and think about how you watch these shows. And I mean, by the way, I I always, I don't joke on the show, but I always be like, okay, and by the end of this season, we'll have solved racism because of Real Housewives of New York. Like that's just not going to happen. Those are unfair expectations and things like that. So moving the needle even slowly over time, you can move the needle greatly. And like, that's why I think Ebony has the, I always say it like a suicide mission. She's going in there and having to plant bombs. And, and, and by the way, this is because of casting. They knew who they were casting. So this by design is what Ebony was supposed to do. It's not like Ebony was like, oh my God, we thought she was a ditz and now she's coming in here with all these hardcore facts. No, it was never like that. This by design is what the producers wanted. Whether they liked the result or not is a question that I would be curious if you pulled the producers, but it is something that it's like, they knew this was going to happen. They knew, they know who Ramona is. They know who Luann is. I, I really question whether the producers in the casting department at Bravo felt that they had a lot of ground to make up because people have been saying for years, yeah. New York is incredibly diverse and these women are not that even a little bit. And so I do wonder whether they felt pressure to show really big movement on this and that maybe that's just not resonating with people. But what I will say is that um, earlier this week we posted some results about how, whether or not fans' minds are changing at all while watching Roni. And 6% of people say that their minds have changed a lot about how racist comments are handled towards Black women. And 6% to me and you potentially sounds really small, but when we think about the vastness of how many people watch this show, 6% of people realizing that you shouldn't call Black women angry, to me, is some movement. And I think that that can be really powerful over time. And while I know that many people will continue to discuss, was this the correct way to handle this? Should this have been included in the show? How should Bravo have taken a stand against this? Like, what are the, like, 10th magnitude of ways that we should be dealing with this? I also can see, you know, 6% of people, like, that's somebody that's, like, in your office today who potentially won't call somebody angry, and I think that that could be really meaningful, and I hope that when 
Ebony goes to sleep at night, she knows, you know what, people might not like what happened. People <laughs> might hate the Bravo casting department until the end of their days, but she can be like, you know what, 6% of people change their mind. Yeah. I mean, that is, I mean, that really is something to hang your hat on, I think. You know, and it, it's just like, uh, you know, in a different example, I stopped banking with Wells Fargo because of Sonia. And that, I mean, just a little, I, I moved it all over to Chase Morgan uh, or Chase or whatever, Morgan Stanley. No, I mean, it is amazing these little things that these shows can do. And I think what it is, is that sometimes these audiences and myself in particular, you know, we've, we've gone through such um, such a weird year and I guess maybe four years and stuff is that you want everything now. You're like, I, I'm, I'm solid on my position now and I want it, I want it, I want it. And that's just never how history has gone. You know, like history happens over time and not all at once and, and it can be painful. And I think, you know, it's, and I hate, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I, it's one of those things is like, as a white dude, I don't know if I really can say this with any kind of power, but like, I'm like, I'm okay with that. But of course I will be. I'm like, nothing's really affecting me per se, but it is nice to be a part of a community that is actually having these discussions. Like, I don't think the NCIS community is having intense discussions about no. their shitty show. No offense to NCIS. No. And I mean, and you can absolutely cut this, uh, this little anecdote. Yeah. I think that you might just enjoy it. Um, I've worked with a candidate for a few years who is a uh, trans woman in Delaware who's now a state senator. Her name's Sarah McBride. And something that she always says is it's such an injustice to tell people that they just have to wait out their one life to experience yes. change. And while I know that this, and I mean, this year of Bravo is really rocking the boat in so many ways, but I also know that we're pulling more people into the community of Bravo and to me, the big win would be that more people see themselves in Bravo and that you aren't just relegated to the two Black Housewives shows and that people get to be like bring their full selves to enjoying these shows. Yeah. And so I feel really excited about that in a lot of ways. And I feel really honored that people just give me their opinions all of the time now. <laughs> um, well, I mean, does it ever get too intense for you? Because this is what you do as a job. Potentially, are you potentially ruining you know, people, that's another big complaint is, you know, this is my escape. This is my escapism. This is my, are you ruining your escapism by making it work? And have you gotten in follow-up question? Have you gotten any, any big fights with your boyfriend about this? Um, okay. One, am I ruining my escapism with this? No, because I do find it so interesting. And part of what I love about Bravo is, I mean, like you said, like, I, there's so many different types of women on these shows. Like, I feel like I, I think I read the Brian Moylan quote, quote that I'm like a feminist theory critic. Now I'm that I'm just experiencing this in a really interesting way. I took some American studies classes in college that were focused on television and its impacts in our society and how it reflects that. And so to me, that's just sort of the stance that I bring to a lot of TV. I will say that I've been excited to but nervous about polling Potomac because I enjoy Potomac so intensely <laughs> I'm like what if people disagree with me what will I do personally will I be able to hold back I don't know um so I definitely am trying to strike a balance with that but have I gotten into fights with my boyfriend about this yeah, yeah. Uh, of course. Yeah, we, by the way, did not you guys did you, uh, sometimes we don't agree about like some of the um like some of the headlines and stuff, but we like I that's like fun for our relationship. We've always been a little bit bickery. We always like have brought work home in a sense like that. And so for us, like 
to be like sitting next to each other cramped around one laptop screen like uh no i really think that the data label should be on the left side i really think that that would be stronger like someday they're gonna make a movie about this this by the way this could be a you've got mail sequel um uh with like a tom hanks meg ryan kind of thing oh and my god it, it really you got polling like that's a like that really is that's a meet cute rom-com um yeah what I mean, does he have any troubling? Like, was he full on like Hannah's side? Was it any really troubling things that you got like this really changed even the fundamentally how I think about him? Um, the things that were confusing to me were that he just really <laughs> did not get Carl. Like, he was like, oh yeah, he seems like a nice guy, and I was like, no, 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 you don't understand the journey that we as a community have been on with Carl. Like, he felt like somewhat favorably towards the music. Like, oh, he seems fine, whatever. And no. I'm like, no. No, he started, he was the fuck boy's fuck boy. Started from I, the bottom. Yeah. And now he, now he makes his bed every day. Right. And I was like, you like, aren't like engaged enough with this. I think that also like every person watching Luke, Hannah, Sierra brought to the surface, their own trauma about yes. being let off by somebody yes. or, or knowing that like, oh, like, did I lead that person on? Like, they definitely had a huge crush on me and it was not reciprocated. And so everybody, like, really brought that together. And he and I disagreed about that. Sometimes we would flip our perspectives, like, between episodes. Like, I would be like, okay, I think that he was wrong, but I think that I think that he, I'm on his side. And then he would say, no, 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 I'm on Hannah's side. And then we'd watch the next episode and we'd be like, oh, God, we're going to argue about this for the reverse. <laughs> Did you poll people to see if it's all right to text a girl after 9 p.m.? Yes, we did. What were the numbers I, on that? I will have to do the little beep bop boop thing. Um, I'm Dorita, child of the world. That's... What I do know is that it was something like 75% of people agreed that you should be able to set a time. Like we polled them on different times and said like, is like 9 p.m. Okay is midnight okay is 2 a.m okay and only four percent of people said like no there's no time that is like acceptable like that's a rude thing to say basically <laughs> and so while very few people agreed with her specific time what we see overall in that is that people really respected the concept boundary in that boundary yes and but she was just so hurtful about it. And Luke was such a, uh, I don't want to say a dummy, but he's just kind of like a fuckboy. where he was just like, I don't know why. Like, you could just tell Luke's not been shot down a lot in his life. Yeah, I get the impression that, like, Luke has very rarely been told no. And that, yeah. and not only that, but I don't think he's never ever been told no, like, in front of other people. Like, I have a hard time imagining. <laughs> oh my God, that's a great point, yeah. I have a hard time imagining, like, Luke at the bar, he's with his boys. He goes up to a girl and he's like, Oh, like, can I have your number? And that she says no in front of all of his friends like that. I just don't think would happen. He doesn't know what that feels like. Yeah. Right. And instead of that happening in front of your, like what, like five guy friends from school, like to him that happened in front of millions of people. And that I imagine was traumatic for him. Most people deal with like bullying and whatever stuff on the playground and they get rejected in high school. And I just don't imagine that that happened for Luke. So I do think I don't like you. <laughs> yeah, it was really crazy for him. I think I get why people see Sierra as being hurtful. I also just I felt like there was so much more backstory to their had to have been playing 
and then there wasn't like even how she wound up on the show i was like how does this even happen if you and then he bought like a brought an unwrapped box of condoms from costco like i'm like this is so weird it was so weird and so while to me i definitely read that as like this was a pretty firm boundary when like you can always just like mute notifications from like one phone number and that's what I would do, frankly. Like, I'd be like, oh, like he keeps texting me late at night. I'll just mute his messages. And then when I open up my phone, I'll be like, again, I sleep at a regular time. Please don't text me. Like, if you want yeah. to speak to me, you're going to have to knock on my door like a regular adult who lives in this house with me. Um, I do really wonder, like, what was going on in her head that made her react this way? Because something about Bravo people I really notice is that nobody behaves a hundred percent irrationally. Like it's all coming from somewhere, even if it's coming from, I want the camera to be on me right now. And so I will absorb that. Like there's a rational reason behind everything that these people are doing to some extent, even if I disagree with it, even if I'm like, that is not the way people should behave to one another. There's something there. And so I, I really, I really feel like the like press tour that a lot of the, bravo liberties do doesn't really dig into like what's that rational reason like you were clearly really hurt by him to the point where you could not receive a text after the sun went down yeah and i want to know what he did because i might take your side girl well yeah there there, there's a motivation for everything i mean there really there's in life we have motivations for everything that we say everything that we do if we see say hello to a person even that is colored by how we feel about them if you don't like somebody you're going to say hey But if you like somebody, you're going to be like, hey, you know, it's just the thought behind every action you have. And that's just exactly what we see. But you're right. We don't sometimes get to see why the why of all of these things. And then we also on top of it, I don't know, you had to notice this is especially being in politics is that I also feel like these Bravo labs then it's like they get on the campaign trail. Like Hannah was doing everything in her power to try to stop the flow of bad news or even Leah McSweeney in this season of Roni where she was like, uh, next week's episode is pretty bad. So she was trying to get ahead of it and started saying like a lot of things that were kind of wild and trying to throw attention on another topic. And it's it's interesting now. We didn't have to deal with that when Bravo first started because social no, media wasn't such- would just such- do the blog. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The Bravo blogs. I mean, where, where the heck are those? Jeez. I know. Oh my God. Bring back the blogs. That's my campaign trail. You, um, need, to, you need to stop them off social media entirely and just let them speak through the blogs, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think- your point about the campaign trail is so right. I, I, I honestly, like I tried to engage a little bit with Hannah's campaign trail because I was really interested in what her perspective was. I was like, to, to the viewers, this was extremely one-sided and she's very clear that she has an ample side to this story. And I, I find that she's just either, it doesn't really exist and she's saving face or she's just not articulating it well at all. And so and she was really on that that Luke is a narcissist and uh, you know putting out definitions on her Instagram of all right. of this stuff, you and know. I I find that she just like in in my expert opinion as somebody who was running these polls, I find that she was just digging herself a hole every single episode and I I like kind of wish that she had just said like you know Luke like you really hurt my feelings. I know we weren't together, but yeah, I had a big crush on you. And, and it colored everything I did. And yeah, like oh, I had a, I had a rough year. Like I had that's a rough year. And I just don't feel like she, 
I don't feel like she said that on the show and I don't. But it's ego. It's, it's, it's yeah. what these housewives all have is that every one of these housewives that we either love or hate, their egos, they cannot get out of their own way. And that why that's why nobody, and I feel like this to some degree in America as well, nobody can ever admit when they're wrong anymore. And it's always, if they do admit they're wrong, there's always a but on the end of it. But <laughs> this other person did this and that's, and I feel like that is so lacking any kind of responsibility these days is that I was always taught if you did something wrong, apologize and then try to fix your mistake. But now nobody will ever admit they're wrong. So you have these two immovable forces, you know? Yeah. And I think your point about Leah really ties into that because Leah really, she really tried to like pre-bake people's opinions about Heather on this season. I know that there were a lot of people who were excited to see Heather again because she had been considered an iconic previous housewife. And in my opinion, after looking at some of the results about when people feel like Leah got her opinion of Heather, in a sense, we asked, we can all tell at this point that Leah just doesn't like Heather. In your opinion, where do these opinions come from? And we asked whether they came from after they met, before and after they met, or just before they met. And 66% of people said that they came just from before they met. Yeah. And my sort of like extension of that is, I think that Leah was really threatened by Heather. Leah had an amazing opportunity this season because she knew that Dorinda had left. She knew that it was a small cast and she knew that last season people loved her. And I imagine she felt such insane pressure to really deliver drama, to really like make people like her. And she thought that by showing people that Heather wasn't everything that some people believe that she's cracked up to be, that then that would pull people onto her side. And you can really see that Leah's grieving something intense. Yes. And I think it just exploded out of her and it went completely haywire. And her attempt to patch it up to me is really sad because, you know, at the end of the day, all of these women do have something in common. They all live in New York and they're all on Bravo. And so you can imagine a world in which Leah said, I acted like a lunatic. I thought that it would work out for me. It didn't. I was wrong to do it. And also I was really sad and just acting a fool. I'm sorry. I think interpersonally with Heather, that would probably work. And I think inter her relationship with the viewers that would probably yeah i mean you say that to me and i'm like that would be legend behavior that would be for somebody to actually what lisa renna says own it i mean would be amazing um i know i just have you for a little bit i want to cover just a couple questions real housewives of orange county do you have any polling on any of the cast changes or just oc in general i haven't had any yet but i am definitely interested in seeing whether people would fill out polls about Orange County because I know a lot of people weren't watching last season. Yeah. And so if if your audience I'm, like yeah. I want to know about Orange County, let me know. I'm so curious what uh and that we really won't know this until the new season airs, but what that favorability is of like your view of Orange County going into the season and then your view of it halfway through the season. I want to see what casting really does, what the changes are and how it improves or totally ruins uh, a viewer's appetite for that show. Um also uh and it, there there's no truth to the rumor that you've been bought off by Big Summer House, correct? 
You've not, have no. you been bought off by anybody in Summer House? No, nobody has um, really reached out to me at all. Once when I posted a little sticker saying, how did you find us? Kyle responded and said, <laughs> everybody keeps sending this to me. And I was like, okay, sir, I'm really sorry. And he didn't follow. So no, sir, sir. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. And so, yeah, nobody, nobody has responded. However, I will say that um, like if, a cast member reached out and was like, hey, I'd be really interested in how you think I should change for next season. Of any of the three shows that we've pulled, I would take the call. I would be fascinated to have that conversation. See, that's, well, that's what I was wondering too, is that, you know, I know if we are to go in that political landscape, they all, they all have like image consultants, you know, like, yeah. you know, what makes a candidate palpable. And the further we get into this, and I think, uh, you know, I always use an example of like Bronwyn from Real Housewives of Orange County is that she's another one that seemed like she was on the campaign trail to get a, to get an offer back on the show. And yeah. I felt she needed so much e image rehab. But these kind of pollings can really help like see, I would feel like be able to laser focus on what people love and what people hate about each housewife. Um, would you also ever do you guys ever go, should this person be fired? Do you ever just do basic polling like that? Um, we haven't done should they be fired, but we did at the end of Summer House ask whether people should be invited back next season. Um, and people were definitely a no on Hannah, and they were a little bit on the edge about Sierra and also Luke to some extent. Um, but I do. Paige was unaffected. Paige was less affected than Sierra. Oh, I just turned off my video accidentally. <laughs> Paige was less affected than Sierra. I imagine that's because we knew her better outside of this most immediate conflict. But I definitely think that Sierra, to, I assume that she's back on the show. She is, yeah. She was already, yeah, she was spotted filming. There, We got videos of it and all that stuff. Yeah. And I mean, but she's going to have to live or die by we're going to have to get to know her a little better because when you align yourself with like Hannah and Paige, you all of a sudden become like a, you know, not an evil stepsister, but just you're following their story more than your own. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, if they were to listen to my advice, I would say that Paige shows a very different part of her personality when she's very close with Amanda. And so I would say that like Paige's goal this season should be to really focus on her relationship with Amanda and I would say that Sierra's goal this season should be to make individual friendships with every person in the house. I imagine that that's happened to some extent already. I find it really unbelievable that you could live with these people for six weeks and not have that. But having that intimate relationship with Lindsay, having it with Danielle, having it with some of the guys, I think will serve her really well and allow people to see all of those different parts of her personality, just like we know as viewers that Paige is different around Amanda than she's around Hannah for good or for bad. Okay, I agree. Um, two last things, Southern Charm. Do you have anything on Southern Charm? And of course, we've been hit, rocked by the news this week that Naomi and Matul are breaking up because Matul was a typical dude. Do you have any Southern Charm polling at all? Or have you ever been interested in Southern Charm polling? I have not had any Southern Charm polling. Honestly, this is my baggage. This is my baggage as a Bravo watcher. I have not been able to finish a single season of Summer Southern Charm. Why do you think it is? Because the men are vapid? Uh, yeah, I find the characters to be really, I say characters as if they aren't cast members. No, but they are characters. I mean, they are Yeah, characters. I find yeah. them to be undynamic in a way. Like, even when I don't like people on certain shows, I can really appreciate what they're bringing to the table. Like, 
like it's something I always say about Lindsay on Southern on uh, on Summer on House House on Southern House on Southern <laughs> House is that she's really magnetic. Like whether you like her, or you don't. Like I feel like my eyeballs are glued to the her camera. Yeah, that's what I mean. We I, I, in acting, the camera will always pick up. You know, like it, by some kind of weird alchemy, the camera will always like just kind of mag. You know, they always say like it, it, or even describing like old presidents like Bill Clinton. They always say it's like a magnet. Like you, yes. you, you know, you're just kind of sucked into that presence and uh you're right with Lindsay definitely yeah and so I find that the southern charm folks are pretty unmagnetic to me but it seems as though they might be popping up on this season of summer house and so therefore I will simply have to throw my hat in the ring and also summer house winter lucky charm or whatever that combination of the two shows winter yeah yeah. so you're gonna have to deal with that. that it'll be funny Okay, I want to, do you have 10 more minutes or do you got a hard out? Okay, okay. I want to do Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because I was looking at your polling and I loved this. Uh, Your polling, uh, this is, uh, fans agree, Kathy Hilton's martini prank was a slam chug. Now, 54% of people found the uh, martini prank very funny. 33.5% of it found it somewhat funny. 10.1% percent said not very funny and then 1.8 percent not at all funny who hurt you 1.8 percent who who are the 1.8 percent i so one of my very close friends texted me immediately after i posted that and said i'm the 1.8 percent <laughs> and <laughs> i said what's the matter with you i was cackling watching that and she what she said was she was like oh i mean i just thought it was really obvious what was happening the whole time so it didn't like grab me however I agree. I am in the 54.5% very funny. It was hysterical. I was laughing out loud and I tried to find a way to figure out who among my friends won't have seen the prank so that I can do it on them because I think they will die. Yeah, no, I mean, I think Kathy Hilton is one of the most underrated comedians of our age. I mean, I think she's just, she's firing on all cylinders. Now, I know you don't have tons of uh, Beverly Hills polls yet, but um there was one here all rise real housewives of beverly hills fans expect the whole truth mostly and mm-hmm. it says when it comes to what castmates on the real housewives of beverly hills show us which comes closest to your view legal challenges are not an excuse for not sharing your life with the other women in the cameras 37 percent voted for that there might be a valid reason to not share some details of a legal issue but the women should share everything they can 61 percent and then four percent voted for we can't expect to know things about legal challenges fellow castmates and viewers should be respectful four percent how dare you watch a different network like but but i found this interesting because we're dealing with the erica jane issues yeah and you know especially tomorrow night's episode or you know this will air tomorrow and so tonight's episode we're going to deal with supposedly erica jane finding out for the first time that tom girardi is in legal trouble and potentially herself as well what is your view as a um and as a fan of these shows before you get into polling do you go in with a certain set of uh, viewpoints like we all do? Yes, I definitely do as a fan. I, I think I'm a little bit more naive than other people, honestly, which I think also gives me the opportunity to write these questions in a way that feels more unbiased because I, you know, initially pre Housewives and the Hustler, pre all of that, I was like, wow, it's so sad that Erica just didn't know that her husband was such a scammer. That breaks my heart. Really <laughs> oh, poor Erica. Yeah. I know. And then I, I log on to Instagram and everyone's like, she knew she's in on it. I was like, wow, I couldn't even imagine being in on something like this. It's just really outside of my wheelhouse. You can see. Um, so I definitely think I definitely like came into it with an assumption. And I think that we're going to see Erica sort of like 
try to re-navigate those assumptions because clearly right now she's operating off of the assumption that everybody will see her in some sense as a victim and in some sense as somebody who left and is really inspirational in that way. Like, Yeah, I think she's miscalculating her woman's story of she thinks it's one of victory when it's like, you're the one that signed up for this marriage in the first place. You knew what you were, I mean, not maybe the criminal part, but you married potentially half for money, you know? Yeah, and I think, so I think that she was really going for that angle. And I, I, my hope for the show, not my hope for her personally, because I have no idea what I hope for her personally at this point, but my hope for the show is that we really see her react to that news fully and sincerely, because I think that that will really, I think that will really endear or aggravate fans and create that conflict that we all want, like seeing her get the news that her still husband at this point, even if they are separated, is being indicted and is involved in all this stuff. And that's her money. Like her, I want to see her reckon with the, even the small amount of money that I do have still small compared to what she had, obviously is based on something that's really tragic and really disturbing. And I want to see her react to that. Even if we end up like not agreeing with her in the end, I think that that's just so interesting. And I think it will really hit to that you know, she can't share all of the details, but we want to see what we can. And what I think we can see is her emotion about it. And it's something that people have been really critical of her for a long time is that she's not emotional enough. And I want, I want to, I want to like see it crack a little bit and see what's going on behind that. And I'm excited about that. Oh, I wish you had done. Yeah, I mean, God, you need to do polling this week and see what people think of her now and then do polling at the very end of the season and see how it affects long-term, you know? So we've done two polls so far and every time we ask for people's favorability so then at the end of the season we can show the little oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um so we'll see it i'm excited and also i would uh the beverly hills the great debate rages are with all the men who is the hottest house husband or boyfriend you know like that is another Mauricio. Mauricio does take, I mean, I feel like it is not a competition. Mauricio is just so chill, whether it be, I mean, you, mm-hmm. he's just so chill with everything. I just want to hang out with him. Um, you said at the beginning of this interview, I asked you, somebody said that they wanted a recount. Uh, oh, what is yeah. the story behind the recount? Who, what, what was the question? Um, it was about Hannah. I, her fans are something fierce. The <laughs> yes, were no, I, out. Dougley squad out. is very intense. Yes. They were out in arms about this entire thing. Um, I think that they later realized that these weren't necessarily my personal opinions at any point and that a lot of people <laughs> agreed. Um, and so once they started to understand, you know, in the corner, we write N size, which says how many people just responded to this, how many people are contributing to this. And I think once they got a sense of the magnitude, they backed off. Um, Did they try to flood the poll then? Go vote right now in this poll. You know, what was really interesting is that was something we were really nervous about is we were like, you know, this is something that people when you do a poll online really have to deal with because it's different from a landline poll when people call individual numbers, you have control over who you're calling. And when you do a poll online where it's just a link, anybody can fill it out. And so people could pass it around Facebook groups and things like that. And of course, you know, the one that came to my mind was what happens if this gets posted in the Giggly Squad group? Like, will this be really focused on Hannah's supporters and not on the true sort of diversity of opinion that we have here? And what we saw most intensely was that even people 
who started liking Hannah at the beginning of the season because we're able to track for some of our respondents how their personal opinion changes. And so we see almost everybody who liked her at the start of the season stops liking her during the season. So even if there were- We all have bad, we all have bad years. I mean, I, like I said, there's yeah. been, there's been year, multiple years at a time where I've not been uh, liked or been my best self, you know? Like it is right. funny, you can come back from not being liked. Like it is part of the human experience to not have good years or good seasons of our lives, you know? Um, yeah. So, uh, and, and there's no way that Russian bots are contributing to this at all, is there? No, the responses are very different from each other. And I'm pretty sure, I think I'd be able to suss it out. <laughs> um, well, I cannot wait. I hope you do some Vanderpump rules when that comes back as well. Um, but how do we support you guys? Because you are still a relatively new account. And uh, I want to make sure I can send as many people over to you guys as well. We're going to put this in the description, you guys. But the Instagram account is called Reality Pollsters. That's P-O-L-L-S-T-E-R-S. And is that, how do we sign up to, get these emails when you do polling that's a great question what i'll do after this is i'll make a little landing page where people can give their email and then you can pop that in the description of the oh that'd be awesome yeah because i think this is like i think i i filled out one i one or two i think and i just had such a uh, it it made me feel like i really did something with my day so uh i really enjoyed this and uh, unless you're just going to end the polling and then i I don't want to you know no i think we'll keep it up i'm having good 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 uh, you know, my boyfriend's having a good time. Is your boyfriend and- watching Beverly Hills as well? No. Oh. He is really dedicated to Summer House, but he will, you know, when like you live with somebody and you sort of see the show that they're watching and so you absorb it. He, you know, it's on the TV. He's cooking dinner. He's but what watching- do you watch of his? Um, I watched Survivor with him and we watched oh, okay. Sopranos during the pandemic. Um, which Everybody was- watched the Sopranos or watched it for the first time. Yeah, I've never Ooh. seen it. Did you like it? I loved it. It was maybe hard. It was hard to binge because it can get a little dark there, but it was such an amazing show. I also grew up in North Jersey, like 15 minutes away from where the Sopranos allegedly live. And so it was very like of my home. Did you see the uh, preview for the prequel? uh, The Mini Saints of Newark, I think it's called. I'm excited. It looks so good. It'll be really good. I'm interested to see because the the young Tony is yeah, James it's his, his actual son. And so it is weird to have that kind of like actual, you can tell they're from the same DNA. So it's like really eerie and kind of beautiful and kind of cool. And it looks like the kid can act. So I'm like, that. how cool yeah. is that? My fingers are crossed for that kid because I mean, his dad, I feel like is such a legend. Like what big shoes to fill? I'd be oh, terrified. I, when I worked at an acting school for like 13 years uh, until recently and, and he would come in to coach with my boss. Really? And I remember the first, uh, I was just like, and he is just Tony Soprano. And you're just like, he just walks in and he was such a presence. And of course that's how, you know, you give him that power as the audience. But I remember him like wanting, like, do you got any sugar? You got an apple or something? And then I handed him an apple. I remember, and just watching him do like work with the apple where I was just like, look at him holding that apple. Wow. And he just, I remember him lumbering up the stairs to the second lumbering. floor. What oh, a good dude. word for him. Well, but that he just, he was such a presence. Like he was just so, and you're just like, what a dude. And, and he uh, talked to one of our classes and, 
he would just say the work that he put into that is because he was number one on the call sheet, you guys, which is like the number one guy on the whole show, Tony Soprano. And he would be in most every scene with huge dialogue. So he'd finish that day and he, he would pay his friend to just run lines with him all night, all night. And then he'd go back to the set next day because he never, he always wanted to, to make sure he was always on point as the number one, you know? You like really, like, I don't know as much about acting, but like, you can really feel that it is such a powerful performance and so many other people on the show give such a powerful performance it was it's really like the complete opposite of bravo in so many ways i mean but i I art acting but i think there is some kind of dna in terms of the soprano viewer and the bravo viewer i feel i mean i believe we contain multitudes where it it is not surpassing us uh they're all just really strong characters it just one is very very grounded in reality and i'm talking about the sopranos i'm not even talking about the housewives i feel like they're the less grounded in reality which is our housewives but um sasha thank you so much for spending this time with us um we we're gonna encourage everybody to go do this hopefully you can do a poll one day on if people like me or not and um (laughs) the poll of your the last poll of your whole career. Um, but uh, we want to support you in any way. So uh, hopefully you'll come back down the line or even come back for like a 20 minute one just to wrap up a season of one of these shows. But I think you guys are doing really important work. And I'm, I'm saying that with a straight face. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I think people are going to love hearing from you. So is there anything else that we can help you with? No, I will give you that landing page link so people can fill it out. And I'm really excited uh, to welcome so many So Bad is Good with Ryan Bailey supporters to (laughs) the Reality Pollsters community. And tell your boyfriend we appreciate him. Okay, thank you. Five, four. Betches.